since, since tonight is the yard site of uh, the Rebbe's father, let's learn um, the teaching from the Rebbe's father. The Rebbe's father's writing on the um, on, a, on everything in general was very, very brief because he didn't have um, he didn't have regular paper and ink. Instead, Reb Sunchana, she would uh, use berries to create ink, and he would write in the margins of the various svarim that he had. He wrote in the margins of his Tanya, margins of the Zohar. And all of the um, teachings we have from his fathers is at all is is from Reb Simchana's uh, sacrifice and and from the, um, the the these these writings in these margins. Um, m- most of his writings that he wrote before, not all of them, most of them before being incarcerated, before being sent to exile, were confiscated when the um, when the KGB um, raided his home. But that's why, uh, in addition to um, uh, the actual words that he says, uh, the Rebbe derives a huge amount of information from those brief words. Besides the fact that the Rebbe's father is writing in Kabbalah, and therefore there's a lot that needs to be unpacked, but besides that, the... uh, the writing itself had to be very brief because of the uh, because of the uh, lack of space to write anything. Um, so uh, we learned today a um, a teaching of his father on Gersa Tshuva. In chapter five in Gersa Tshuva, the Altarebbe speaks about the um, the breath of Hashem which is the source of every soul. Every soul gets its energy from Hashem's breath. As it says in the Torah, God blew into Adam Arishan, into Adam, a spirit of life. So in chapter 2 in Tanya, the al says that the analogy of Hashem blowing breath is to highlight how the, the origin of Neshama is from a very lofty place. Hashem wants to uh, highlight that the just like when you blow, it takes a lot of energy to blow versus when you speak, it doesn't take so much energy. So Hashem's emphasizing with the word blowing that it comes from the deepest and highest levels of godliness. Uh, Hashem comes from Hashem's wisdom. But in chapter 5 in Gersa Tshuva, the Al-Drebbe says that the analogy of, of blowing is to convey another point. Just like when you blow, if there is some kind of interruption between your breath and the direction you're blowing into, so the um, the interruption will separate and prevent your breath from reaching that that space. So too, the neshama is called um, is, uh, the the transfer of, of the neshama's energy to the body is called blowing because the um, a, a, there could be an interruption that could separate between the neshama and the body. An aver, an aver could separate chasasham between the abishter's energy in the body. And the analogy of this is like putting something in front of your breath. But the Altrebbe, before saying 
uh, how an Avera could separate you from you and Hashem. The Alter Rebbe first says, The truth is that there is nothing physical or spiritual that can interrupt and separate between a Jew and the Abish. And he brings four proofs. He brings a proof from uh, Psukim. It says in the Torah, Hashem says, I fill heaven and earth. The whole world is full of his glory. And then he brings other proofs from uh, the Zohar. Uh, there's no place void of him, the Zohar says. The Zohar says Hashem animates all worlds. And so the Alter Rebbe brings four verses to demonstrate how the Abishar is everywhere and nothing can interrupt him between us and Hashem. And then, after bringing these uh, four proofs, he then, then he says that Navera, the only thing that separate is Navera. Navera separates in Hashem and the Abishar. So the Rebbe's father. His question is, why are there four proofs? Why four specifically? And he explains that the four proofs correspond to the four letters of God's name. And the first two proofs are from verses in the Torah. They're from Sukkim. And the last two proofs are from, are from the Zohar, from the oral Torah. And he explains that the written Torah is something that's just written down, which is not, it's not revealed. It's, it's sort of um, hidden because it's on paper. It's not spoken about. It's, it's written. And that, those, the first two proofs correspond to the first two letters of God's name, which correspond to Hashem's wisdom and understanding. And just like by ourselves, we don't need other people around us to think. We need other people around us to feel. We have feelings towards others. But our understanding is our own understanding. And so, too, uh, when God made the world, it says in the Torah, six days God made the heaven and earth. And the Chassidus asks, should have said, in six days God made heaven and earth. Why is it they six days made heaven and earth? So Chassidus explains that the six days refer to the six spheres. And each day receives its energy from a different sphere. <clears throat> so Tuesday gets its energy from Tiferes. That's why Tuesday is such a great day, and Zeb Kessler is so excited about today because it's Tuesday. Anyways, so um, the, uh, the so the various spheres below Chochmah and Bina, they are connected to creation. However, Chochmah and Bina, they're above creation. Yudke, in, in general, is called Hanistores. It's it, those levels of Galenus, which are connected to, to Hashem's wisdom, they are hidden, they are beyond creation. Versus the lower levels, the, the latter two letters of God's name, above K, they, they are considered revealed because they are the source of creation. So, so the first two verses, the first two proofs of the Alter Rebbe are from the written Torah, they're from the hidden part of the Torah, not the Torah, that's in our mouths, with the Torah which is on paper, which is on written because, they, because the first two proofs are about the first two letters of God's name. And the last two proofs are about the oral Torah because the last two proofs are about the latter two letters of God's name, which are revealed. And because the neshama has, every neshama has, all the rights in chapter 4 in Gersh Tshuva, every neshama has in it the four letters of God's name. Are, are present in every single Jew. That's why we have the ability to think, to feel, and to do uh, our intellect, our emotions. They all emanate from the four letters of God's name. 
So the Alderev brings four proofs corresponding to these four parts of our souls to say that, 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 uh, that our souls are not separated from Hashem, nothing separate between us and, and between anything and Hashem. That's what it's four proofs. The problem is, if you count, you could actually find a fifth proof. The Alter Rebbe, when he mentions the, the, uh, the, the passage of the Zohar, Last I saw there's no place void of Hashem. The Alter Rebbe adds a verse over there. And heavens above and the earth below, nothing besides. So, so the, the Alter Rebbe, although he mentions a fifth one, the Rebbe's father doesn't count it as a separate one. And he actually explains how each letter of God's name corresponds to each of those four proofs. Just fascinating. How, how, he, how he, the, 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 just the style of questions and the, the way and the association is, is just fascinating. But that's not what the Rebbe's um, question is on, the, on his father's teaching is, is about. The Rebbe's question is, for whatever reason, according to his understanding of the various proofs, there are only four. We're not counting the other line over there, middle of the Zohar, quoting another verse as a separate proof. A question is, there is a fifth level. The Rebbe's father knows that that, that the Altar doesn't mean a fifth level because according to Kabbalah, whatever, the, the words don't fit the fifth level. The, the words that are quoted aren't about the fifth level. The question, though, is there is a fifth level. Besides the four letters of God's name, there's also the, with the highest level is the level of the youth, Besides the youth, there's also the dot on top of the youth, the crown on top of the youth. The crown on top of the youth, of the youth is, is parallel to the desire of Hashem, the Ratzon the Elyon, which is even which is even higher than God's wisdom. So the question is on the Alter Rebbe: If there are four proofs corresponding to the four letters of God's name to demonstrate that the four letters of God's name are connected to um, every single soul, and there's nothing separating to, to us and Hashem except for Averis, why isn't there also proof? Uh, for why there are five proofs to point out the parallel between the neshama in the body and the divine source of the desire of Hashem, which is beyond Chach. There are five levels, there are four letters of God's name, and there's a crown on the youth. So why are there four proofs corresponding, corresponding only to the four letters? Why isn't there any? Why isn't there a fifth proof corresponding to the crown on top of the, of the letter youth, which we actually have in ourselves a parallel for? We have in ourselves. A, the power of Messias Nefesh. We have in ourselves the power to devote ourselves beyond Hashem, beyond logic and reason. We have in ourselves this the Pintaliyid, which is which is beyond our understanding, beyond our feelings. So we have something in ourselves which mirrors this crown on top of the youth. And yet Dalta Rebbe only brings four proofs, doesn't mention anything about this, about this fifth level. So why is the fifth level ignored? So to explain this, we have to like zoom out two thousand uh, feet for a second. And, um, and and ask a more basic question. In the previous sections in Tanya, the Altrebbe is trying to explain how there's nothing besides Hashem, how the symptom isn't meant to be understood in a literal way, how nothing separates between us and Hashem, how how the symptom where Hashem hid his light doesn't mean literally Hashem that he left the world. As uh, some other sages try to interpret the symptom, the altar says how wrong that is, and it's, it's the opposite of our faith in Hashem. If you say symptom is literal, 
that first of all, that means that Hashem has like a body, and therefore He moved away from the world. But that's a kind of kind of physical, kind of physical thing. Second of all, it's 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 the opposite of our faith that there's nothing besides Hashem. So to say that Simpson was literal is the opposite of our faith in Hashem. And he bring, but there he doesn't bring so many proofs. He does he brings a proof or two, whatever, but he doesn't bring a lot of proofs. And the way the Alter Rebbe is talking about this here. There's no, nothing that separates between us and Hashem, nothing physical, nothing spiritual. It sounds like he's bringing out something novel that was never discussed before. And, and he brings forth so many proofs to, to demonstrate this, this truth when, when there's something we know from the first section of Tanya in chapter 48 and the second section of Tanya in chapter 7, where the author explains at length the idea that Simpson and the idea of Sevakalaman, or the literal translation of Sevakalaman means. He surrounds all worlds. Altabek explains it doesn't mean literally that Hashem is above and, and orbiting around the world. Rather, it means that God's light is infinite and it's everywhere and it's just not revealed, but Hashem's light is infinite. So why is it in, in here in Gersa Tshuva that the Altarebbe um, needs to bring so many proofs to prove that nothing separates between us and Hashem? So the answer is like this. To understand this, we first have to, to go into um, the laws of Chatzitza. The laws of Chatzitza, the laws of uh, in, in, what is considered interruption, the separation between your body and the mikvah. So there's two laws about the mikvah. One law about the mikvah is that when you go in the mikvah, if there's even one part of your body, even the language of halacha, even if your your pinky is out of the mikvah, nothing has been done. You have to go completely in the mikvah. On the other hand, the biblical um, definition of a separation, the biblical definition, the biblical definition is something else, but the biblical definition of a separation is if there's something on your body that covers most of your body, and if you care about it, you, you're bothered by it. In other words, you ordinarily wouldn't have this on your body. It's like they have paint on your body or something, and it covers most of your body. Then... There's a biblical, then, then the Torah defines this as a separation between the water and you, and the mikvah is not, the tefillah is not, it's not a, um, uh, does, it doesn't work. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy over here. On the one hand, we're saying when you go in the mikvah, you have to go 100% or, or else, or, or zero. On the other hand, we're saying that it, regarding a separation between your body and the water, we're saying that the um, that's only if you care about it, as the majority of your body. Wh- wh- why is there this discrepancy? The answer is that the tefillah, the, the the immersion has to be complete. Your immersion has to be complete. The um, the separation is about something else, not about you. So it's some other foreign entity. So that's the the the. the, the the importance of that foreign entity. So, that, so then we talk about the importance of that foreign entity. What is that foreign entity? It's not about you. Your one thing is about you, and the other is about the an, a foreign entity. So your immersion has to be complete. But some other foreign entity we could already describe. We could we could already um, uh, measure and, and figure out how important that entity is. Okay. So getting back now to the analog. In the earlier sections of Tanya. The Alteb is not talking about the Jews. He's talking about Hashem. He's talking about how Hashem is everywhere. Here in the Gerset Shuvah, the Alteb is talking about us. Rabbi Yol Kanal 
used to love saying this this parable about the Jewish people. Um, it was, I know where, the origin of this parable. I heard it from him. The king who loved his son, because he loved his son, he bought his son uh, suits. Well, not just he bought his son suits. He made he made factories to manufacture suits for his son, and he bought uh, bakeries to make pastries for his son, and he hired musicians to play songs for his son. And he did all this stuff only for his son. He even hired bandits to attack his son so he could hire armies to protect his son, to show his son how much he loves his son. So where is the king? Everything comes from the king. The, uh, the bandits come from the king. The armies come from the king. The orchestra comes from the king. The, 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 the companies come from the king. The bakers come from the king. They all come from the king. Nothing exists without the king. However, where is the king? Where is the king's heart? Where is the king's essence? The king's essence is not in the bakeries, it's not in the orchestra, it's not in the, in, in, not in the, the, the people trying to hurt his son. The king's essence is in his son. The heart of the king is in his son. So the fact that God is everywhere, what does that mean? When you have a light, you have a, you have a candle. How far can you see the light of the candle? Depends how bright it is. It's a very bright, you can see farther. Hashem's light is infinite. There's no limit to Hashem's light. Therefore, where is Hashem's light? It's everywhere. On the other hand, you cannot say about any specific item in the world and say this is godly. It's not a godly being. It's Hashem's light is everywhere. And even though I don't see it, but there's infinite light of Hashem which is pervading all of existence. But there's no, you don't identify any creature in the world and say this thing is godly. It's not godly. It comes from godliness. But Hashem is everywhere, but there's no association between Hashem's infinite light and the specific items that God's light pervades through. It just, it's, it's everywhere, and it's not, it, it, the, the specific items aren't, um, aren't um, at all holy and godly and spiritual. They're created by Hashem, except for Nisham. A Nishama, even the way the Nisham comes to a body. The neshama is still one with its divine source. The neshama is not different to its divine source. The neshama is its divine source. And that's why the Altar brings all these proofs. The proofs the Altar is bringing here are to demonstrate that even the way the neshama has ascended into a body, and in this process of this ascent, there are lots of mutations and changes in the neshama. Shem goes from world to world and goes through all these, it gets, the light of Hashem gets filtered, further and further and lower and lower. And therefore, you'd think that because the Neshama's light is traveling through all, and it's getting mutated, it is getting changed. The Neshama now develops an intellect and it develops feelings. And not only develops intellect and feelings, the Neshama's intellect and feelings are, are able to come into a physical body through the various contractions of the Neshama's light. It's now very much different the way it was in Natsilas, not in Kansas anymore. So, when a shaman has changed so much before it, it, it descends into a physical body, so you might think the light of Hashem doesn't reach it. It's not the fact that infinite, Hashem, infinite light of Hashem is everywhere. Okay, that, 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 that's a given. That, I'm not talking about that. But to, but to identify the Nisham as a godly being, to say that Hashem is the existence of Hashem is godliness, that you might think is, 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 it's changed. It's lost something. Therefore, the author brings these four proofs to demonstrate that even the way the Nishama exists in the physical world, it's also godly, it's also holy, it's not something different to its divine source. <coughs> and that's why the Altarebbe doesn't mention the fifth level. The fifth level is about Hashem's infinity. 
And that's the point over here. The author doesn't want to point to Hashem's infinite everywhere. The fifth level is exactly the opposite of the point. We're going to bring out, the author wants to bring out how Atsilus, light of Hashem, as it comes into the letters of God's name. And each letter of Hashem's name has a different form, which indicates it's not infinite. It's the way Hashem's light is transferred in, in a certain specific way. So you might think the light of the Abishur, as it is, as it has already become limited somewhat in the world of Atsilus, so that light of Abishur won't reach the Nisham in the body. That, 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 that light can stop. And therefore, Tatar says, no, since everything in the world is created by Hashem, Hashem is the Mahabi, creates everything. And all creations are like the light of the sun within the sun. Since all creations are like the light of the sun within the sun, so the creations of Hashem are not considered a substantial entity to separate between, uh, between us and our divine source. So, just like by the laws of the Mikvah, your immersion has to be complete. That's you. So the earlier sections of Tanya are talking about Hashem himself. How Hashem himself is everywhere. Hashem is infinite. He's everywhere. Here the author was talking about the identity of you as you are in a body. Do you have a godly identity? You might think, you know, we're, we're Jews. We're all very quirky. We have all kinds of quirky things we do. I don't know if you um, heard the class I gave on Sunday. But on Sunday, the Rebbe mentioned how sometimes the Jew has a thirst for something. And he doesn't even know why he's thirsty. The Jew... Could, could, as the Shama is talking to them, you feel this yearning. Your Shama is talking, but in your mind, you're like, Where, uh, I must be hungry. Uh, I, I, I must need a different career. I must, like, in, in your mind, it's, it's, it's all, all this stuff is going on in your head that isn't what in the Shama is. Shama is feeling thirsty, but the way the interface of your body makes you feel a, a whole different message from your Shama. So that's the reason that the author brings all these proofs to tell us that even the way the Neshama is in a body, it's still a godly holy being. It hasn't changed. It's still, it's still Yudke Vavke. Not only is the Avish everywhere, but even the way you are here in a physical body, you are godly, you are holy, and nothing separates between even the Avish except for Averis, which is analogous to another halacha. I think I already passed the time. One more idea. The halacha is that if you're in your house and you hear from Beis you'll hear the chas, and you're not answer Baruch Baruch unless there is some avedazara or there's some excrement between the place you are and the chasm, then you're not allowed to answer. In other words, the only thing that The light of Hashem enters our physical body, and the identity of a Jew is a holy being. Any questions or comments? All right. Have a great day, Jonathan. Great day, David. Great throat.